from whatever time you're joining. Hello, greetings, salutations, and exultations. You have arrived at the DC Comics News Spinning Lab. I know this because I'm your host and guide. A place outside of time, outside of all recognition, aside from a spinner rack. There, just on an edge, in a space between two dimensions, maybe more, maybe multi-dimensions, maybe a multiverse. And a spinner rack stands spinning with all the books from DC Comics this week. And I get to pick five and share them with you. Best part is, you can always go back, look and see if there's something you missed, and let me know about it later. But to start things off, I'm going to give my top five picks, starting with number one all the way down to five. And along the way, we'll see what we discover, and whether or not you agree with all of my choices. Thanks for joining me today. Again, I'm your host, Seth Singleton. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 59. And we're going to kick things off with my first choice, which is Batman number 92. In this amazing story by James Tynan, with art by Guillaume March, colors by Tomu Mori, letters by Clayton Cowles, an original cover by Yasmin Putri with Tony Daniel, and a variant cover by Francesco Mattina. We continue slipping more and more into the folds of a mystery, a game, and what has lately been one of my favorite words, the machinations of what known as the designer. He's been putting Batman through his paces by putting into play the plans he helped so many villains design. And as they are taking place, villains and the city are suffering. Whether it's Penguin, currently recovering in a hospital, being grilled by Bullock about whether or not Penguin had anything to do with it, and how it is that Penguin can claim the rights that he, he thinks are available to him, potentially because he's rich, potentially because he's used to having leverage, and also because he rarely ever yields, which I think is one of those amazing qualities. He might have a diminutive stature in the eyes of some, but his power, well, it's undeniable. Now, Gotham is going through uh, a nightmare in this process. The city constantly under the sway of villains left and right now is being twisted by multiple villains all at once. So what do we have here? Well, <laughs> we have the Riddler throwing his hat into the mix and Batman, who has teamed with Deathstroke, who was originally part of this game and then chose to play his own game in cahoots with Batman. They proceed to hunt down the Riddler, although not using the rules that the Riddler created for the game he has set up, a trivia game, one in which he tells riddles and Batman must give the answers to illuminate certain grids of the city and unlock it. Batman has other ideas, but we get a chance to move over and catch this really great moment with Catwoman and Harley. And Harley looks different now. She's 
It's like her color scheme is muted now or something like that. There's this feeling that there's a change to her costume, which is similar to how I've seen her in the regular Harley Quinn title. And yet also it feels different around the eyes, the makeup, which makes for a great contrast later on when we meet Punchline. But this moment in the subway with Catwoman is quite hilarious. It really cracks me up because she can't believe, hardly that is, that they're trudging through the smelly subway sewers or more just sewers, no subway. And as they are, she imagines that there must be some really nice train, a fancy one that the heroes use, and that's how they always beat the villains. Now, Catwoman finds this to be a bit ridiculous, and the conversation is interrupted by zombie cops, which happens. But just three pages later, when they slip down to an actual subway station, it's there <laughs> that Batman makes a call for the black line, and a bat train arrives, to which, well, Deathstroke is only incredulous. But for all this, what, what I really love is the way Batman doesn't break a beat. He's so committed. He challenges Riddler, who has cut off communications with Alfred. And soon he begins taunting them, saying, give me hard ones, make them difficult. And each time Riddler comes up with a riddle, <laughs> Batman just answers it nonchalantly. I think one of my favorites is the a woman shoots her husband, holds him underwater for five minutes, hangs him, and then takes him out to dinner. How is that possible? Photography. She took a picture. There's more gems like this, but their purpose is to continue to demonstrate Batman's ability to rise above things that the Riddler is throwing at him. And I love this great moment when Deathstroke is like, this is every day for you, isn't it? Which was just a really great line. But the big moment in this series is the first appearance of Punchline as she's engaging with characters, more specifically Catwoman and Harley. Now Catwoman is quick as a whip. That's to be expected. Harley takes a little bit longer and even inquires if Punchline is a fan, to which she has a great line. I'm definitely not a fan. Eventually, Catwoman has to explain that this is Joker's new girlfriend, to which Punchline replies, no, actually, I'm his partner. And that's where it gets just a little bit uncomfortable. They continue to trade barbs, and a fight ensues. Catwoman heads off to secure her funds, and we get set up for the next sort of stage of the adventure Batman catches up with Riddler only to discover that there's someone else waiting in the wings and the shadows I really enjoyed this next chapter in their dark designs this being part seven of that story I felt that overall it was really great development a lot of humor great introduction of punchline well written the art masterful it's clear that uh, Guillaume March has been well, has been in the same mindset, if not framework, if not expressing the same viewpoint, and in doing so, captures this vision of Gotham and the story masterfully. And if you're looking for a great cover to go with this introduction of Punchline, well, that uh, variant cover by Francesco Mattina, 
really seems to capture the color and chaos that might initially remind you of Harley, but as this issue points out, is a different character and one who will begin to continue defining herself in the issues to come. Solid five out of five for me for Batman number 92. Curious to hear your thoughts, but until then, let's go ahead and move on to my second choice. And for that second choice, I thought I'd keep us in the world of Batman by moving right over to the Joker 80th anniversary 100-page Super Spectacular. It's been a, a big year for these. There have been quite a few, and I've been thankful that the quality has been so amazing. I'm happy to feature them here with you on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Now, as is the case with 100 pages and so many stories... I don't want to take over the entire episode as I learned from Detective Comics number 1000 is possible. Instead, I'm going to share with you the first story in the issue, why I think it's a great introduction, and why I think it's important to see this as a bar of measurement for the rest of the issue to come. This first story in the Joker 80th anniversary super spectacular is Scars by writer Scott Snyder, artist Jock, with colors by David Barron, and letters by Tom Napolitano. You might hear the whining snores of my French bulldog Bruno in the background. Uh, he was nonplussed, but for the most part, I take his opinion with a grain of salt, and I know that if he's sleeping through this discussion, well, maybe that's how much I should be taking seriously his opinion. In this story, we open up with a doctor, one who works with cases that deal with the Joker. And his patient is a Gotham City police officer who is horribly disfigured and who believes that it was all part of the Joker's plan, something that reveals how he's more than a man, more than a person, and how he can get inside the minds of his victims. The doctor wants his patient to understand that, to recognize that it's not true, and in doing so, take back some of the power that the Joker has taken from this officer. Tries to even point out that he's seen Joker after he's been captured, defeated, beaten, and broken. And in those moments, if the officer could see what the doctor sees, he'd understand that the Joker is just a man. And then the story takes, of course, a lovely twist revealing what the doctor doesn't know, what he hasn't seen, and in the final two pages, what he painfully discovers about who the Joker is, what he's capable of, and why it's never easy to make a definitive statement about whether or not the Joker is just a man or is actually more than a man. It's a pretty amazing story, and... It's a great introduction to the rest of the 100 pages. There is a dark place that writers, creators must go to when they tell the stories about Joker. Because Joker is the dark place. The dark side of Batman, of order, of the universe. And delving into that, well, sometimes it might be necessary to take a break do something a little more lighthearted before you go back in and finish the rest of these stories. 
However, if you're a Batman fan, if you're a Joker fan, if you're a fan of great comics, great storytelling, this is one you're going to want to add to your collection. And it's why I'm happy to make it my number two choice here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Solid five out of five. A great addition to any collection. And if you're getting all those 80th anniversary spectaculars, you don't want to miss this one. With that, my second choice out of the way, we're going to take that quick ad break. Go ahead and catch up on all the things going on here at the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And then we'll come back for my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Thanks for your patience. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. 
That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And just like that, quicker than a flash, the ad break is over. Thank you again for your patience. Hope you were able to glean some really helpful information, a little extra knowledge. And of course, should you have any questions about anything you heard, don't hesitate to reach out to us here at DC Comics News. With that ad break out of the way, that brings me into my third choice. I know I say quicker than a flash, perhaps because it was that I already knew that flash number 755, 755 was my third choice. Maybe I'm just such a Flash fan that quicker than a Flash is just one of those things I'm going to say. I really love this story, The Flash Age. It's the finale with writing that really has been excellent from Joshua Williamson. Pencils by Rafa Sandoval. With inks by Jordi Tarragona, Arif Prianto providing the colors, Steve Wands with the letters. The original cover by Rafa Sandoval... Jordi Tarragona, Arif Prianto, and Young Yin Yoon providing the variant cover. Now, it should come as no surprise that a hero like The Flash will eventually rise to the occasion and find a way through. Just like I have to continue to persevere once in a while when the plane flies overhead, and you might have to persevere when the noise becomes that tiniest bit of a distraction. But... The perseverance is expected, it's anticipated, and in this story, it's due in no small part to teaming up with Eobard Thawne and a nemesis who has haunted Barry throughout his life and been the cause of much of his misery. But their team up points out the value of their strengths. And when they face off against Paradox and try to rescue Godspeed, who's been enslaved by him, they are forced to stay where they are, continue the fight, and trust the reverse flash to go find the person that Paradox was before his transformation and make the slightest change. And in doing so, change the present, change the future. But that's not what makes this issue so amazing. Because while that's expected in the final pages, when they finally get the chance to gain the upper hand on Paradox. Reverse Flash makes a choice, one that reveals that his motivations are his own, his reasons for helping were his own, and what he chooses to do next has nothing to do with anything other than his own desires. Reverse Flash has been a thorn in the Flash's side, a nemesis, one who has tortured and tormented him for decades. What he's suggesting now is an even more dangerous proposal and one that could be the greatest threat Flash has ever faced. I love the intrigue. I love the excitement and the wonder. I love the dramatic shift in the narrative. And I love the fact that there's the weight of consequences when you turn the page and close this issue. I think it's a great, great five out of five. I've really loved the work that I've seen from The Flash. He's one of my favorite characters. And when he's well-written, well-drawn, and the story and the colors just come to life with vibrance and beauty, it's a great moment, one that is equal to the best experiences any comic fan can have with a great book.
a five out of five for me on flash number seven five five. Oh, that's a lot of fives. And an opportunity to move into my fourth choice. And for that fourth choice, I'm going with Harley Quinn number 73. I was really surprised how quickly Harley Quinn grew on me as a title. It's not something I had read quite as often in the past, but as part of this program and reading all the books each and every week, I slowly began to see some amazing potential in this book, and I was lucky enough to recognize when that potential was not only surpassed, but only a glimmer of the horizon. It's been a great ride, and I have to give as many kudos as possible to Sam Humphreys, the writer. He's got amazing support with Sam Brasry providing the arts, hi-fi with colors, letters by David Sharp, maybe just Dave Sharp, Guillaume March, who we just had the chance to talk about a little bit ago, and Rolmu Fajardo Jr. providing the cover with a variant cover by Frank Cho and Sabine Rich. To be honest, the original and the variant cover are both quite cool. Although there's something about the variant cover and the wrestling theme that really stuck out for me. But this issue sticks out for me. It's a great conclusion to uh, a really fun story. Well, it's almost a conclusion. It's the, well, fourth chapter in the storyline, California or Death. And Harley came out because she wanted to help her friend who appeared to have died from mysterious circumstances. And unfortunately, it appears that claims it was suicide might actually be true. These are, of course, being disclosed by villain Jonathan Whittleson, who claims he was a Batman villain named Johnny Witz back when he was a young buck. Now he uses mixed-use developments to commit a more insidious crime, one that takes away money and opportunity from the city of Los Angeles. For the most part, Harley does not believe anything that she's being told. She still wants the answers to her friend Alicia's death. And more importantly, she believes that the missing jade feather that Alicia wore when she competed as a wrestler is a significant clue. But Whittleson has a suicide letter that Harley brings home to Alicia's daughter, Becca. And Harley hits a pretty low spot, makes a pass at Booster Gold, who denies her, and wanders her way along Hollywood Boulevard, past the people dressed up as superheroes, wandering, broken. And then we have this really wonderful moment, a narrator who's been telling this story from the very beginning and refers to herself as Charity XO is there when Harley knocks on the door and after inviting her in gives her a tarot card reading that is really a lovely experience and what's fun for me is the way Harley keeps asking questions about what she's supposed to do and Charity just keeps responding, not what I do. I read cards, I tell you things. I'm not here to give advice, answer questions, or provide direction. And yet through it all, Harley makes the discovery that what she needs to do is get into the ring, face off against the Ubermensch, 
and defend the honor of Alicia. Now, is that her only plan? No, it's the beginning of one. And yet, like all great plans, there's a point where Harley makes a discovery, and one that appears, at least in my book, to throw all of her original plans out the window and substantially raise the stakes. I thought Harley Quinn 73 was uh, a great fourth chapter in this storyline. I loved watching Harley as she's trying to process the grief after the death of her mother and her forays into California on a quest for vengeance, mixing it up with Booster Gold, and also coming up against villains that she can't always just punch and smash as soon as she arrives. And yet, because she's Harley, punching and smashing still occur. I thought this was a great addition to the spinner rack. I was really happy when I decided that this was a book I was going to include. It's why I'm pleased to make it my fourth choice and a great five out of five. I hope to hear your thoughts as well. But with my fourth out of the way, there's no point in hesitating. Let's go ahead and get to that fifth and final choice. And oh man, oh man, do I love this book. I mean, I absolutely love this book. What am I talking about? Well, beyond a book that I love. I'm talking about Lois Lane, number 11, written by Greg Rucka, with Mike Perkins providing the art and cover, Andy Troy with the colors, Simon Bowen with the letters. A really interesting and fun varying cover from Joelle Jones and Jordi Belair. And inside, an amazing story. Now, there was a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of issue number 10. An exchange occurred between Lois and the question, who wasn't wearing her question mask, and Renee Montoya gets shot. Now, she's not the only one there, thankfully, and even though the person with her is a former nun, her life in a past, previous, other multiverse comes into play and her training as a member of Checkmate is put into practice as she tries to disable a villain who has been hunting them named the Kiss of Death. And then there's a great moment where, of all things, Lois is texting to Renee and tells her to put on her mask, which is when the Kiss of Death has a vision of a different universe one in which she and Renee had a very special relationship. And I'm not going to go farther than that out of respect for the readers. What I will say is this discovery changes everything about the actions of the kiss of death and through the tensions of the story and the risk placed on Renee Montoya, Lois Lane reveals the burdens that she faces when she asks people to trust her knowing full well that in the process she knowingly keeps secrets and because she knowingly keeps those secrets is potentially putting their lives at risk. When you've got someone like Superman who's generally indestructible, it's harder to worry about. But the fact that Renee is recovering from a gunshot wound and a near-death encounter with an assassin, Lois is shaken and reveals this to Renee and to the others. But she also reveals that what they have discovered 
is part of the longer narrative. And then now Lois has a story to tell. And that's why she's gathered them all into one room together so they can map out exactly what they plan to do. For this and so many other reasons, this book is a great five out of five. The realism, the magic, the wonder, the gritty lines, the, the shadows that seem to be just a part of Lois Lane's world, they all blend wonderfully in this issue number 11. And while I know it's a 12-issue maxi and the next issue is the finale, part of me doesn't want this to end. It's been such a great time, such a great read. But maybe this and other maxis like Jimmy Olsen will be enough momentum to kickstart more stories about amazing characters who just happen to be people who know Superman. And that brings us to a close, a great five out of five book to wrap things up and a great opportunity to say thank you for the chance to share all these books with you, my thoughts, and should you have any to add back, please reach out to me, let me know your opinions, your feelings. I'd love to hear them. I would love to talk more about them. How can you do that? Well. You can reach out to everyone here at the DC Comics News team on the podcast network or just DC Comics News in general by using your favorite social media platforms from Instagram to Facebook to Twitter. We're kind of everywhere. Just use the at symbol and DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O M I C S, capital N, E W S. Let us know what you're thinking what you think we should know, should hear, or if there's a question we can answer. Or you can just tell us we're great, because that's great too. As for me, well, I'm your host, Seth Singleton. If you want to leave me a direct message, find me on Twitter as One More Singleton. Instagram is Seth the Writer. And if you're looking for something cute, you can check out my dogs on Instagram. They're Bruno and Fiji. Bruno is the snoring one in the background. Don't forget also that... Whatever platform you're listening to is the perfect place to make sure that you're subscribed to the DC Comics News Podcast Network. By doing so, you guarantee that you have an opportunity to catch all of our great programming. Now, we're not just on the platform you're listening to. We're on all the big ones like Google, Apple, Spotify, and so many other great ones that there's just not enough time for me to list them all. But if you know one that we should know more about, please don't hesitate to let us know when you do subscribe and of course rate and review we love to know what you're thinking we think we're five stars but we want to know if you think different and how we can make it better and when you subscribe to the dc comics news podcast network you guarantee that you won't miss out on all of our upcoming episodes and all of our great programming whether it's the weekly dc comics news podcast that captures movie television streaming and comic news and our thoughts on it co-hosted by myself, Mr. Steve J. Ray, Kelly Gaines, and Brad Felicki. But you also get things like I Am the Night, Mr. Steve J. Ray's episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series, more episodes of The Spinner Rack, or our newest feature, Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, an adults-only conversation about the adults-only television show, Harley Quinn, on the DC Universe. 
make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on all that great content and all the new episodes coming out to you each and every week here on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. With that, we come to a close. I'd like to say thank you for joining me. Once again, I've been your host, Seth Singleton. I am here each and every week on the Spinner Rack and look forward to sharing my take, my picks from DC Comics each and every week. With that, stay good, stay safe, and more importantly, always read more comics.